The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Law acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to their elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello and welcome back to Brand New Little People, the podcast where we talk about all things early parenting with a bit of a focus on sleep and settling during those first few years. I'm your host, Dr. Fallon Cook, and I'm here with Dr. Laura Conway as well. How are you going, Laura? I'm good, thanks, Fallon. Yeah, it's the final day of the school holidays for one of mine today. So it's yeah. uh, pulling out the school uniforms, ironing, well, thinking about ironing some bits. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> You're better than me. I'm not ironing anything. <laughs> are yours back this week, Fallon? They are, yeah. It's a, a chaotic day to be trying to record a podcast with kids in the house and all the other jobs that have to be done to get them yes, off to school. Oh, but, you know, there are lots of families, and I know lots of our listeners, um, they'll have either kids who are getting ready to go back to school or you might have little ones who are getting ready to either go back to childcare or they're starting childcare for the first mm. time because we know that as all the kinder age kids move up to school, it opens up a lot of spaces in the younger rooms. And that's often, um, you know, it's around this time that you'll be able to get your child into childcare. Um, and that can create a lot of little hurdles <laughs> that yes. pop up. It's a really big change, um, yeah. not just for parents, but also for the little ones as well. Um, it's a big deal going into such a new environment with all these new experiences. And we know they're going to have a great time. We know they're going to do so much really important learning um, in that environment. But what parents often ask us about a lot is, you know, how am I going to manage their sleep when mm -hmm. they're, you know, sleeping in two different places, especially those parents where they're having to give their children a lot of support to fall asleep. Often mm -hmm. that transition to childcare can feel quite terrifying. Yeah, but it, can. it does usually go a little bit better than than we expect, doesn't it, Laura? Yeah, it does because of course the people who work in the um, daycare centres are. Um, are used to every possible <laughs> type of sleeper um, and they're yes. um, very well trained they normally have a lot of experience uh, and there's not going to be anything that they haven't seen um, so yes. they it's also in their best interest to get your baby or toddler to sleep um, so that they don't have ratty babies or toddlers to look after in the <laughs> afternoon. And they've got so many tricks up their sleeve, don't yeah. they? Like if there's a, a baby or a toddler who's really missing home, those carers, they just know how to manage it. They really, really do a great job. But mm. I also think, you know, we probably don't give our babies and toddlers quite enough credit. They are quite adaptable and quite yes. resilient typically. So even a toddler who maybe has only ever fallen asleep during a breastfeed, will often surprise us by doing pretty well at childcare and they might even just settle themselves off to sleep at childcare, much yeah. to their parents' utter astonishment. <laughs> yes. But it's sort of like, you know, new sleep environment, new rules. They sort of don't know what to expect in terms of how they fall asleep in that environment. And if they look around, even little babies are like this, if they see that other babies are peacefully sleeping or putting themselves off to sleep, they're you know quite likely to actually have a go at that themselves. So yeah. for some families, it's a breakthrough starting yes. childcare because suddenly their child actually is 
settling themselves to sleep. Um, your job as a parent is to try to emulate that um, at home if that's what you're wanting to achieve. Mm. Um, so it can open the doorway um, to better sleep. Yeah. Um, but what are some of the best tips we can give parents? I would be thinking like, you know, making sure you've got their comforter packed in their bag so they've got something very familiar and that smells like home. Yeah, and um, if your um, baby, uh, well, your baby will be having naps there, but if you have a toddler who's going to be napping at daycare, think about um, taking um, a sheet from home. Often the early years educators will ask you to bring a sheet from home, um, sleeping bags from home, um, make sure they have the pacifier or dummy um, that's the same type as they have at home um, and really trying to make everything smell and seem as close as possible um, to mm. what's happening at home um, and then um, I like to advise parents to have a chat with their um, child's carer about what your child is currently doing at home and that might be the number of naps that they are having and what kind of times those naps often are happening at at home, how long they last for. Um, and if there's a particular time that you want your baby or toddler to be awake by in the afternoon um, so that it doesn't impact the nighttime sleep too much, um, that kind of information is absolute gold for the early years mm. educators. And, and it's really important that you do convey that information um, so that it helps your um, child stay in a similar rhythm as much as is um, practical um, at daycare, yeah. at a similar rhythm to the one that they have at home. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've got big concerns about how much help your child needs to fall asleep and you're worried about how that will work at childcare, just talk to them. Have a really open, honest discussion and tell them mm. what your fears are because those childcare workers, they want you to feel comfortable, but they also want to understand what your child is likely to be looking for at bedtime when they go to settle to sleep. So keep that communication open. Remember that those childcare um, early childhood educators are, um, you know, they're not only really good at their job, but they're really invested in your child's well-being and, and them getting good rest and having, you know, good playtime. And they become an extension of your parenting community as well. And are really important. Mm. Um, they play a really important role in your child's life. And I would say don't don't sweat the small stuff. You know, in the first month or two, just know that it's going to be, you know, up and down. There'll be bad mm. days. There'll be great days. There'll be terrible drop-offs and wonderful drop-offs. Don't sweat it. You know, it's going to be mm -hmm. tumultuous and then, you know, you'll find that you and your child settle into a pattern. It does get easier. So on those bad days, I remember I once dropped mine off at childcare, my firstborn, Laura, and I just cried the whole <laughs> way into work because I just felt terrible about it. He was so upset and cranky. And I thought, what am I doing? Like, how, okay, I've got to quit my job. I'm going to have to yeah. find a way to survive off one income, like as if anyone can do that in Melbourne. <laughs> Yes. And then, you know, I was catastrophizing the next day. He was thrilled to be there, totally happy, yes. and he's been happy ever since. So, yeah, yeah. Do keep that in I mind. was really lucky with my children that um, in my mother's group that I have spoken very front fondly about previously in this um, podcast. <laughs> um, we uh, uh, probably four of us from the mother's group all chose to send our firstborns to the same daycare oh, nice. and they all started around the same time oh that's lovely so 
If you can, as well as the sleeping bag, dummy and comforter, also pack one of your baby's friends <laughs> to be there on the same day. That also helps with the transition. Oh, it does, doesn't it? And that's where, like, often multiples, they adapt really well to childcare because they're taking along their siblings mm. and it's just, it's yeah. easy. You know, they're, they're just there and they're together. Um, but the, for the singletons and especially the firstborns who just aren't quite used to the kind of the noise mm. and chaos, it can be a bit of an adjustment, but they will get there. So, yeah, hold on tight. You'll get through the worst of it. Um, yeah, this really taps into an email we got this week from one of our Sombao families. Um, Emily emailed us to ask about her 12-month-old. So she says hmm. he's a real FOMO baby. Um, he's just recently Aww. started childcare three days per week. And she says he's happy and has settled in quickly, but so far has had difficulty adjusting to a new sleep environment. So you look, often mm. they do adapt really easily to have sleep at, you know, at childcare, but there's always going to be some who don't and it, it takes them a little longer. Mm. So Emily says at home he has two naps a day and falls asleep very easily for his first nap. She says we typically, typically have to wake him up from his nap so he doesn't sleep too long. Um, at childcare, mm -hmm. despite a lot of effort from the educators and sleeping in their sleep room, he has to be rocked to sleep instead of falling asleep in the cot. And he won't go down for his morning nap until an hour later than he typically has it at home. She says he then wakes mm. up after one sleep cycle and he refuses his afternoon nap at childcare, but falls asleep exhausted mm. on the car ride home at 5.30pm. So she says he normally gets a 20-minute bridging nap in the car and that helps him get to his normal bedtime of 8.30pm. So it sounds like even though it's not going great and it's a bit different, it's actually still working out okay and bedtime is still happening yeah. at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Uh, Emily says, I'm not sure what we should do at home to help improve his sleep at childcare. I plan to start feeding him when he wakes up from a nap rather than before a nap to remove the um, that sleep association. Um, she says, I mm -hmm. could also start to make more noise while he sleeps to help him adjust to the noisier environment at childcare. She says, we could also try transitioning him to one nap a day to be more consistent with what's happening at childcare. But he really struggles to stay awake for more than three hours in the morning when at home. And I'm not sure if this would mm. help him sleep longer at childcare anyway. So Emily asks, do you have any suggestions on what may help him sleep better at childcare? And is it a problem if he has different sleep routines at childcare and at home? She says, thanks for any advice you have. And thanks so much for supporting tired parents through Sunbell and the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure, Emily. It is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you, um, you are experiencing um, what can be quite typical um, for FOMO babies, um, Emily. So um, when you do have a FOMO baby, uh, so fear of missing out for anyone who um, uh, just needs a quick catch up with their tired brains. Uh, if you do have a FOMO baby, when they start daycare, um, you can be in for a little bit of a rocky ride because there's so much going on. <laughs> and Emily, I suspect your one-year-old is fascinated. Uh, he's only recently started. Um, and there would be so many sights and sounds um, that he just is fascinated by and um, that would be really impacting his ability to get into the really relaxed state that he needs to be in um, in order to go off to sleep. It is interesting that when he's at home he struggles to stay awake for more than three hours in the morning um, but at daycare given it takes him about an hour extra to go to sleep um, than at home that's 
he's starting to do a four hour stretch. Um, and that will just be because everything is really interesting for him. Mm. Um, I suspect, Emily, you're not going to be too far off him moving to one nap altogether. Yeah. Um, and it's very um, common for babies um, to move to one nap any time after 12 months of age, um, sometimes a bit earlier in some low sleep needs babies. Um, so I suspect you're probably just for a few weeks going to um, need to ride out this um, uh, some days having one nap when he's just at daycare and just having that little bridging nap on the way home and then other days when he's at home with you having the two naps and just keep trying when he is at home with you to move that first nap a bit later and a bit later mm. um, over the next couple of weeks until he transitions to just the one nap and he may need a bridging nap for a little bit longer um, to get him through until his 8.30 bedtime. Um, but I would be anticipating that, you know, over the next month, he'll just be moving to the one nap um, all up on his days at daycare and at home. Uh, mm. What do you think, Fallon? Would you say anything slightly yeah. different? Look, I agree with that. I wouldn't be worried about them rocking him to sleep at the moment. I think they're doing what they need to do to make sure he does get some sleep. And if you continue with settling him in his cot at home, um, eventually, you know, it might be a few weeks in at childcare, he would have fallen into their kind of pattern. He'll be a bit more adjusted to it, a bit more used to it. And that's when I'd be saying to them, look, can we try to dial back the rocking to sleep now? He's settled in here. So don't sweat mm. that too much. Um, he's mostly, you know, when he falls asleep, he's at home with you when it's happening in his cot. So... Um, I would just carry on with that. I don't think you need to necessarily make more noise around home. Um, I don't know that there's really any evidence that that's going to help him get used to sleeping in a noisier environment. Um, you could try it, but if he's waking up you know, from that and it's disrupting his sleep, then I wouldn't worry about it. He'll get used to sleeping in that new environment at childcare, and before you know it, he'll be having good long naps there, I reckon. That's usually the case anyway. Mm. Um yeah, so yeah, well done, Emily. It's a big adjustment to go through, but I think you, you, you're on the right track. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, shall we move on to our next question? Yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to read out the question we have from Sharon? Yeah, so Sharon's emailed us with some questions about her nine-week-old boy. Oh, well, <laughs> well done. Welcome to the club, Sharon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She says, I started using the slow tapered approach and so far I've been managing to get rid of the early morning co-sleeps as he's settling well in the bassinet and sleeping at least a five hour stretch. Oh, awesome. That's yeah, great, Sharon. Brilliant. Um, however, the day naps seem to be really hard. I've tried the bassinet settling, but he gets so worked up, he ends up making himself overheat and is very difficult to settle. If I change to settling in my arms until asleep, he ends up springing awake five to ten minutes after I put him down and he's very unhappy but won't resettle for another sleep. I've tried to push his awake times to see if it was a sleep pressure problem in the day. Checked his temperature and clothing but it hasn't made any difference. He'll sleep in the car however and when I've done his sleep diary I believe I've got his sleep needs correct. Any other tips? Would setting up a nap schedule help with a rhythm to the day that he would expect? Mm. Um, so should we answer that first? And yeah. then she's got a couple of other questions after that. I think that's a good way to go. Um, look, I would say it's one of these things where, and we've had a few parents, I think, who emailed into the podcast who have been through a similar thing where 
you settle them in the cot and they spring awake so, so quickly. Look, keep tinkering with the timing of things. Try pushing out the naps just a little bit longer. It, it might end up helping. But look, I would say if you have a few days where you just try every settle in the cot and you might find you have to offer far more naps because they're just, you know, your baby's just springing awake so quickly and easily. Mm. But if you keep doing that really consistently for a few days, they get used to it. And then you can get them into that nap schedule um, that's a bit more predictable um, because they will consistently do a full sleep cycle, maybe even two if you're lucky. Um, mm. So, yeah, just know that it's just a case of just pushing ahead with the cot settling for a few days really consistently and then they start to um, find it much less um, much less difficult. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they, mm. they will adapt. Um, and then that's yeah. the point where you can bring in that nap schedule. Yeah, and remember, he is um, only nine weeks old, so his yeah. um, circadian rhythm system will be really immature um and um it's at the age where um if he does have naps in a few different places um it's it's fine you know if he ha was to have a contact nap um you know you've tried to do the bassinet settling and um it just hasn't worked and so you just give him a contact nap to ensure that he's had some daytime sleep then try again um the next settle um and you'll find that as he moves towards that 12 week um age um he'll start to be able to have longer stretches of time awake than he is at the moment all relative to <laughs> to now he's not going to suddenly do a three hour awake stretch um at that age but he might manage you know an hour 20 minutes rather than just an hour for example um okay so sharon also says i'm planning to move him to his own room and into a cot as the cot is not going to fit in my room this will likely be around the three and a half to four month mark would you suggest going cold turkey and using the settling techniques in the four to 12 month program or practicing day sleeps in there and gradually building up to every sleep in that room? Yeah, look, he'll be young enough that he's probably not going to notice a whole lot of difference. So some parents will just go cold turkey and mm. their babies never seem to notice it. But often it's the parents that need some practice. <laughs> it can feel yes. a bit daunting suddenly having your baby sleeping in a separate room. So often we say, yeah, practice some day naps in there just for your own well-being so that you can see yes. your baby's okay in there. Make sure it's super dark, um, just like it would be in your room overnight. And they're more likely to make that, that smooth transition. Yeah. And if you did want to... Um... Uh, if you felt a bit nervous about him being in a room by himself all night, some parents will set up a um, a spare bed in the um, in the mm. nursery um, just as they're getting used to their baby not being in their room with them anymore. Um, so that's mm. something that you might consider as well, Sharon. Um, so Sharon says, uh, her last question is, I currently breastfeed and I'm implementing a feed, play, sleep pattern with an extra feed before his night's sleep. However, should I instead be demand feeding at nine weeks as sometimes his naps are short and I end up feeding every two hours? Such a good question. And I'm going to give yeah. an irritating answer. I'd say a little from <laughs> column A, a little from column B. <laughs> so the feed, play, sleep, repeat type pattern can be really handy, especially for first time parents where you just think, what on earth do I do with this little tiny baby? Um, it can just give you a little bit of a predictable pattern to the day. And as babies get older, they learn what to expect. And often they find that really calming. You know, they know what's going to happen next. But mm -hmm. you've got a very small baby. So there are going to be times where he will want to feed 
um, you know, maybe two feeds when he's awake and that's perfectly fine as well. Mm. So I think keep doing what you're doing in those times where you think, oh, he's showing hunger signs. I think he needs a feed. Just add in an extra feed. It's no biggie at this age. Totally fine to do. Yeah. Mm. The main thing you'd be um, uh, thinking about, Sharon, is keeping the feeding away from when he's falling asleep, um, particularly when you get around that four month of age mark um, where you want to avoid um, your baby learning to fall asleep whilst feeding. Um, but at mm. this age, like you're saying, Fallon, very, very small. Um, so, um, yeah, that feed, play, sleep pattern um, might not be absolutely set in stone just yet. Um, but it sounds like you're doing a brilliant mm. job, Sharon. So well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also had Liana write in, and I apologise, Liana. I think it is Liana, um, and I'm yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry because I know I hate it when people mispronounce my name. Um, but let's <laughs> yes, go, Falloon. with Liana. <laughs> or Falloon. I get Falloon quite a lot. Or Salon. Anyway. <laughs> So Liana wrote in, she says, thank you so much for creating Sunbell. Liana has a five-month-old daughter and five days ago she started settling her daughter in her cot. She says, in the last few days I've been doing two naps in the cot and one nap on the go. Some settles in the cot are very easy. She smiles a bit, rolls on her side and goes to sleep with hardly any mm -hmm. patting. While for others she gets more upset. I've noticed that with the easy one, she's very tired and already a little bit drowsy, but still awake when I put her in the cot. Mm. The difficult one, she looks very tired, yawning a lot, but usually not relaxed, so she's complaining or upset before I put her down. I wonder whether I miss the sweet spot with those difficult ones. Um, look, I would say you can't get it perfectly. You know, the timing's not going to be perfect every time, mm. and it's really normal for babies to get a bit overwrought and kind of cranky if they've been awake for a long time. Um, and look, it's really normal for babies at that age to need a little bit of help to get calm before sleep. Sometimes you can calm them and they'll go off to sleep a bit more easily, but other times mm -hmm. there's no calming them. Um, but it's perfectly fine either way just to stick with the same consistent settling approach because that's mm. likely to help them calm down quicker. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an aside. <laughs> um, Liana has two questions. So the first one is, um, she says the nights have definitely improved since she started cot settling and she describes oh, how her daughter was waking around twice per night. However, the past two nights she's woken every three hours. Liana wonders if she should keep feeding her every time she wakes or whether since she was only feeding twice per night, she should persist with only offering two feeds. So this would mean sometimes resettling her at night time without first offering a feed. What do you think, Laura? Mm. Um, I would be um, thinking how is her weight gain going? Um, if her weight gain is fine, um, she's growing normally um, and um, she's not unwell, um, that continuing with just the two feeds a night would be absolutely appropriate. Um, we know mm. that that's what she can manage. Um, so... Um, yeah, think about the times overnight that you are going to feed her. She's five months old, um, so 
in the next month you'll be probably introducing solids liana um and she's going to start to have that switch to um you know getting more calories in the end from um solids than she is from um from her milk feeds um so yeah continue thinking about giving her the two feeds perhaps she has one before midnight and one after midnight and any other times that she wakes overnight um settle her um Mm. using the um technique that you're using already um just avoid if you can trying to settle her for say 20 minutes using your settling approach and then giving in and giving her a feed and i don't mean giving in in a that sounds quite derogatory but um what we don't want to inadvertently teach your baby is that she needs to protest and be upset for 20 minutes before you feed her so that's Mm. why um i say try not to settle her for a period of time first and then feed her um if you are going to feed her you would just feed her as soon as she wakes up and then yeah. you would um, pop her into the cot um, awake and help her fall back to sleep using your settling method um mm. yeah what do you I, think fallon well i think that's the benefit of choosing what time you're going to offer those feeds overnight it means there's a little bit less guesswork so often for for babies this age where the parents are just wanting to cap the night feeds at two feeds per night which is totally reasonable for a five-month-old a lot of five-month-olds will just feed the one time um but i would say yeah offer one feed maybe around 11 p.m to 12 a.m and another one maybe at say three to four a.m or if there are particular times you know when she would usually tend to feed choose those times if she wakes at that time off of the feed um, if she wakes at any other time in between that, then yeah, resettle without the feed. Um, mm. Yeah, and Liana's second question relates relates <laughs> to rolling. She says her mm. baby has been rolling from back to tummy since she was about three and a half months old. Um, but for the last two nights, she has been doing it during the night as well. When I put her down, she immediately rolls onto her tummy, and even if I put her back on her back, she rolls onto her tummy again. She just really wants to fall asleep on her tummy and during the night she sleeps on her tummy. The problem is that after each three hour stretch she wakes up and seems um, very frustrated because she can't roll back to her back and I think that's why she's been waking up more again in the last two nights. Is there anything I can do to help her roll back or for her to not get upset? Um, Or is it just a matter of giving her lots of practice during the day? During the day she does sometimes roll from tummy to back. This is a great question, isn't it, Laura? Because I know a lot of parents get really worried when their babies sleep on their tummy. Um, Liana, you're doing the exact right thing in that you're putting her back on her back. That's really all you can do because we Mm -hmm. can't tell babies, hey, don't do that. (laughs) They kind of make up their own mind. So just keep putting her back down on her back and absolutely practice during the daytime. It's the best best thing to do um it might yeah. mean that you lie on the floor with her cheer when she rolls over um try mm-hmm. and use toys and things to encourage her to do that flip from her tummy back onto her back again you're gonna have a bit of a, a rough week or two where she will wake up more because she's flipped herself over um but it does get a bit easier um and i think laura we both usually tend to suggest you know put her back on the back and if she rolls over straight away and she's frustrated by that um wait a couple of minutes let it let it get a little bit frustrated and then roll her onto her back again so she's always Mm -hmm. getting that chance to feel the frustration and she's probably starting to think i shouldn't have done this (laughs) it's a terrible idea because now i'm stuck (laughs) here um and then that's going to mean next time she might think oh maybe i won't do that because it's uncomfortable and i don't like it 
Um, yes. Whereas if you immediately flip her back over and over again, um, there's no real motivation to stop doing it because mum or dad will yeah. always come and flip me back over. So just waiting that moment can really help to reduce that. Yeah. Uh, would you add anything to that one, Laura? I would just add that it's not until um, your baby can roll really competently both ways, um, tummy to back, back to tummy, that you can really relax about the tummy sleeping at night. Mm. Um, the problem with tummy sleeping is that, um, and particularly in this um, instance, which Liana is describing really beautifully, is that um, her baby can roll onto the tummy absolutely fine, um, but then can't roll back. And so the um, the caution that we always have around tummy sleeping is whether the airways are blocked so um, or obstructed in some way. Um, you know, if your baby rolls over into a position and they can't get themselves back over onto their back, then we're just worried about um, airways. Now, what Liana's daughter is doing is just waking herself up. She's waking mm. up so that mum can come in and help her roll back. Um, and yeah. it is, it, it's, a, it's a very... <laughs> um, arduous period of time um when mm. you do have a baby in this transition state um where you you've just got to wait it out unfortunately um with practice during the day liana your daughter is going to get much more competent at rolling um from her tummy to her back um, and then you can be um, a bit less concerned overnight about the need to be rolling her back onto her back Mm. And for anyone who's worrying about this, this is 100% the time where if you haven't already, um, make sure that cot is safe. So no, mm-hmm. you know, no soft toys, no loose blankets, you know, go and read over those SIDS guidelines again, because when yeah. they do start to roll, they can roll into a toy that, you know, they get their face sort of nuzzled into and then they can't, um, you know, can't get free. So just check that there's nothing in the cot and that it's set mm-hmm. up super safe. Yeah. Um, all right, so we have questions from Marilyn now, Fallon. Um, so Marilyn says that she's been using the supported accelerated approach with the step away modification for her nine and a half month old girl. She says it worked really well and after a few nights she even slept through the night. Marilyn says that previously she used a similar approach from a different sleep specialist, but found it too strict with feeds and not as supportive as Sombell. And she says, I'm so glad I came across Sombell. Oh, we're Ah. so glad too, Marilyn. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. (laughs) Thank you for the Uh, lovely feedback. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Marilyn says her baby is on solids and mixed fed. So she has a breastfeed first and then has a top up with formula. And she's still waking every night wanting a feed. She says, I was happy to do one night feed for as long as possible. However, I'm returning to work on a part time basis and I think I will struggle juggling work with the lack of sleep. She had a slow start, but her weight gain and growth is now fine. My first question is, what would be your recommendation in getting Bub to sleep through the night and not wake for the overnight feed, please? Do you have any other tips for mothers returning to work? Yeah, well, my first Alan. tip for mothers returning to work would be to work on sleep because you've just you've got to sleep well to function well at work. Um, everything will be easier if you're sleeping well. So I'd say, Marilyn, you're already doing the number one thing that all yeah. parents returning to work should be doing, which is really working on optimising sleep. 
Um, look, I would say the way to get your baby sleeping through the night is to drop the overnight feed. And I think that, that you already know that, Marilyn. And it's it's always a tough one. You know, they often want it because it's nice and it's comforting and they kind mm -hmm. of expect they're going to have it, especially at nine and a half months. Your daughter will be, not consciously, but her body will be making sure it limits calories during the daytime to allow for that intake of calories in the middle of the night mm. so what you want to try and do is gradually reduce that overnight feed so her body starts to naturally take on more calories during the daytime so that could mean any number of things it could be that you gradually um, reduce the length of the feed so it might be that you um, I mean you're mixed feeding at the moment so it could be that you do the breastfeed but you don't do the top up with formula you just work mm -hmm. on resettling her after the breastfeed for example um, or it could be that you reduce the amount that's in the bottle um, some parents will also just work on pushing that feed later in the night. So if she does it at about 2am at the moment, you might decide you're going to offer the feed at 3am. So at 2am you'll resettle her and then if she wakes at 3am you'll offer the feed and you just start to push it closer to morning. Um, mm -hmm. Or for some families, they, they just go, no, I know they're completely fine and they don't need that feed. So they will drop that feed cold turkey, but what they'll do is mm -hmm. they'll offer a sippy cup of water just in case there's some thirst happening. Um, and then lots of comfort and reassurance. The thing to keep in mind, I think we even said this last week, I know we say it a lot, mm -hmm. is that it tends to be if they have two nights without having that feed offered, then they just don't wake up for it again. So yeah. you're never too far away from being free of that feed. So hopefully those tips um, yeah, give you a good starting point to go from, Marilyn, and keep us updated on how you Yeah, do. definitely. Yeah, that's great. I'd, the only thing I would add is if um, that feed is taking... 15, 20 minutes overnight and your baby is normally wide awake for it, um, then I would just be um, adjusting bedtime and wake up um, so that you take, when you drop the feed, so that you um, take away that time that had been there to allow for the feed. Um, so you mm. might move bedtime 15 minutes later, for example, or wake up 15 minutes earlier because they're not having that wake up overnight for the feed anymore. Mm. Yeah, good idea, Laura. Um, all right, so um, on to um, the rest of Marilyn's email. So she says, another challenge I have at the moment is that Bub has started to pull herself up to stand. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Marilyn, I feel you. Um, she's getting more confident and stable, but still a little wobbly at times and has fallen down and hurt herself. Therefore, um, there have been several times now where I find she is waking in the middle of the night or at bedtime and has pulled herself up to stand. I end up picking her up because I don't want her to fall. I think she is still learning how to come back down smoothly herself. Sometimes I am lucky and she will settle back in the cot fine when I place her back, whilst other times she would cry a lot and wants to be held to go to sleep. And, and here's her question. What would be the best thing to do here for Bub and for me, please? Mm. So what it's do you think, It's tough because at nine and a half months, she's you know standing up pretty early <laughs> and often they might be mm. able to pull themselves up but yeah they're, they're just not able to get themselves back down again look Marilyn since you're doing the supported accelerated approach typically what I'd say is for the next little bit you might keep your intervals very short so if you step away um yeah if you're currently stepping away for four or five minutes and she's putting herself off to sleep um but you know on those times she's standing up she's needing extra support 
I would say maybe you're going back to one or two minute intervals. Um, mm. And what you're going to do is during that interval, if she stands up, pulls herself up to stand, you're just going to try and wait to the end of the interval, which hopefully is, you know, 30 seconds or maybe a minute left. Um, and then lay her down once, do your pats in your phrase, and then wait the next interval again. So um, similar to babies who are rolling themselves over, if they're pulling themselves up to stand, you need to give them just a little bit of time to get frustrated and realize, actually, mm. this is horrible. <laughs> I don't know yes. how to get back down again. And it's that getting frustrated, which is when they start to really go, oh, what should I be doing instead? And they might just feel a little less compelled to pull themselves up to stand. So I would say um, lay her down once, do your pats and your phrase, um, wait a minute or two, lay her down again. You might have to do it a lot of times, um, but just try not to constantly lay her down as soon as she stands up. You just want to give her that little moment. Um, it's probably going to be tough for a little while you know, until the novelty wears off and then things yeah. will get um, a whole lot easier. Um, would you add anything to that, Laura? No, I think that's awesome what you said, um, Fallon. So just shorten those intervals, um, keep her in the line of sight um, as well mm. so that you can um, just keep an eye out for her falling over and hurting herself. Um, you'll have a good sense, Marilyn, how long you feel that she can stand for before she gets wobbly and that's going to um, really influence how long, um, you know, what length of interval you feel most comfortable with. Um, and similar to um, the how we re uh, responded to the question from um, the mum earlier about the rolling baby, um, think about during the day um, having lots of practice, uh, giving your baby lots of practice standing up, um, pulling herself mm. up to, I mean, it's going to be out of your control to some degree. She will be pulling herself up to standing um, mm. every opportunity she has. But what you want to do is help her um, learn how to uh, give her experience of going back down onto her bottom safely um, yeah. and there are little games that you can play with toys where you might put um, a toy down by her that she really loves down by her foot once she's standing up um, and um, she'd be holding on to something and then she'll probably then want to reach for the toy down by her foot um, and then might let go and bop down onto her bottom to get the toy. And with practice, mm. that's going to strengthen her muscles um, and she's going to get used to that idea. feeling. Yeah, she'll get that coordination happening. The other thing I'd suggest is um, holding her hands when she's standing up, which you probably already do a lot. And then if you start to put your hands lower and lower, it's going to encourage her to sit down on her bottom. So she's getting used to that feeling of sitting back down again. Mm. Um yeah, and yeah. I see Marilyn's also having a few childcare issues as well. Oh, so yes. she's saying that um, her baby started childcare this year and they're patting all the babies to sleep. So now Marilyn's baby is starting to expect the same thing at home and gets really upset when Marilyn doesn't pat her all the way to sleep. Um, Marilyn's wondering mm. what she should do. Look, I would say this is one of those things where it really helps to have a conversation with childcare. So I think especially for first-time parents, it can feel a bit, you know, you've got to go in there and you've got to advocate for your child and what they need. Um, mm -hmm. And you've never done that before. <laughs> like mm. it can feel a bit intimidating going in there and saying, yeah. hey, can you actually do this differently? Um, just try and open up that conversation and say, look, we're working really hard on her falling asleep, you know, without having hands-on support at home. It's been going really well. Um, could you give that a try at childcare? Mm. And there may be times when they just say, look, you know, she's just not going to fall asleep unless we pat her. Don't worry about it. You know, it's okay. Just at home, I would keep going with exactly what you're doing because it's working. Yeah. 
um, soon enough at childcare, she probably won't want that hands-on support. And if you've told the educators that um, they don't need to offer it and they can phase it out, then um, hopefully it'll all come together and she'll be doing the same sort of independent settling at childcare yeah. and at home. Yeah, great advice. Um, good luck, Marilyn. Um, you've got a little bit of a bumpy ride ahead of you, but it sounds like you have come a long way already um, and your baby is only going to continue to thrive. Um, before you know it, she's going to be running around all over the place. Nine and a half yeah. months pulling herself up to standing. You've got a um, you've got a feisty one there, Marilyn. So best of yes. luck. <laughs> she's going to keep you busy for sure. Yeah. Look, I feel like these questions we've answered today really highlight how it is so normal to have ups and downs. You know, you're going mm -hmm. to have periods where you go, yeah, sleep's great, we're nailing it, and then they start standing or they start <laughs> rolling or they get sick. It's really normal to have these ups and downs. Um, what I would say is go back to Sombal. So with Sombal, it's not designed to just, you know, go through it once and then forget mm. about it. Go back mm -hmm. into it. There's lots of stuff in there that will help you navigate those hurdles. Um, if you've been listening in and you want some help with baby or toddler sleep, go and have a read about Sunbell and check if it's the right kind of fit for your family. Um, we still have our summer sale going on. We're going to have to end it at some point soon, aren't we, Laura? Somebody yeah, we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is that sale, so take advantage of that one. Um, I want to say big warm welcome to the many, many new families. I love that our Sunbell family just gets bigger and bigger. It's absolutely wonderful. If you've got questions, do send them in. Um, we might be able to answer them in next week's podcast. Um, and if you've been listening in, please hit that subscribe button. Um, we would absolutely love to get as many subscribers as possible. Tell your friends about the podcast if you love it um, and mm -hmm. drop us a five-star review. We would love to be able to read out some reviews and things um, that have been left for us. So if you've got a moment, we would so appreciate that. Laura and I will do a little happy dance because we yes, <laughs> love yeah. it when we get a nice review come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, All well, right. have a great week, everyone, and we look forward to chatting more next week. All right, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. If you need help with your baby or toddler's sleep or settling, you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic program for babies and toddlers aged zero to three years. It contains all the best resources from the sleep clinics at Infant Sleep Australia, so you can rest easy and soak in your child. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.